think I'm what that's still Though in all I see are the flaws You see perfection, perfection Looking through this mess of a heart You see perfection, perfection Show me what's behind your eyes Don't think I can trust in mine And all I see are the flaws You see perfection Perfection. I learn slowly, but you're teaching me to love myself, myself. Starting to believe you want me like nobody is. Mm. Never measure up, but you are my enough. And sometimes I fail, and sometimes I can't do it well. They walk away, you don't walk away. You tell me I'm worth it still. Cause when all I see are the flaws, you see perfection, perfection. Looking through this mess of a heart, you see perfection, perfection. Show me what's behind your eyes. Don't think I can trust it. Looking through this mess of a heart, you see perfection, perfection. Show me what's behind your eyes. I don't think I can trust in mine when all I see are the flaws. You see perfection, perfection.
invite you to turn and pass the piece of grass to him.
Hi, we're the Fogarty family. Today's scripture reading is from Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Your way of life should be free from the love of money, and you should be content with what you have. After all, he has said, I will never leave or abandon you. The Lord is my helper, and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? We, we are, are thankful, thankful for, for the, the gift, gift of, of scripture. scripture. Amen. Amen. All right, it's confession time, right? How many of you have too many things? Yeah, I know for a fact that I have way too many shoes and handbags. You don't want to come to my house, look at my closet, because you would judge me. You would. My full confession is that when I walk into my closet, I am overwhelmed by all the choices. Every now and then, I get the urge to purge and simplify and get rid of stuff, but old habits die hard, right? And after a few months, I'm back to adding to my collection. We all have our things that we collect, enjoy, and that we feel bring joy to our lives. But when is it too much? And when did our lives become more about the things we possess rather than about the simple things that bring us joy? The author to the letters of the Hebrews is writing to a people who are stressed to the max. Can you relate? I know I can. They are overwhelmed, frustrated, scared, impatient, and they're getting annoyed with each other. They're living under scrutiny, oppression, and even persecution. These words, then, encourage them to hold fast to what is important, to continue to love, to continue to offer hospitality, to continue to work toward healthy relationships, to avoid temptations of other teachings that are not of Christ, and to not let the love of money get in the way of being content with what they have. Many of us in today's world have more than enough of what we could ever need or want. I recognize, for me, I, that I come from a life of privilege. Both of my parents were doctors. My sister and I never wanted for anything in our childhood, but my parents were and are very generous and compassionate people. We didn't talk a lot about money in our house, but we did, however, talk a lot about helping others whenever we can and seeing everyone as equal. We were content in a lot of ways, and in some ways, we were not. Now, we all know that money cannot buy happiness or friendship or love or emotional stability. It cannot buy joy or hope. It cannot possess community, prayer, unity, or peace. The author of Hebrews then gives good advice when it comes to money. To keep your lives free from the love of money and to be content with what you have, because God is with us. In so many words, we hear in today's scripture a message of simplicity. In a world that is so complex, simplicity is really hard to find these days. Now, several years ago, the idea of simplifying your life and your home became a trending topic and project in many people's homes. Now, how many of you heard of Marie Kondo? Yeah, oh, got a, got a hard, hard sell over there with Megan, yeah. Marie Kondo, who's a tidying expert, we had many of us glued to our TVs as we fixated on how to declutter our lives. So we're going to take a minute to refresh our memories on what Marie Kondo is about. They have so much stuff. It's a never-ending battle to fight the clutter. With the baby coming, we got to get our stuff in order. We had a downsize from a four-story house to a two-bedroom apartment. I lost my husband. I don't know that I have everything it takes to get rid of his belongings. This girl's no joke. This is amazing. Uh, we have too much stuff. It's official. 
so hard to let it go. I don't want to just, you know, dump it. I want to be thoughtful about it. Choose item that spark joy for you. Spark joy. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. We're on board. We want to change. I just want it to be strong enough to change me. I can let it go. Arigato. I am going to figure out what sparks joy in my life. I can't believe you can touch the carpet. New day, new joy. Thank you for being here for us and wanting to help us. I hope you know how much this means to me. Here we go. So when this first came out, I remember walking into Target and seeing like their prime shelving space was all organizational cubes and things like that. I thought, wow. I jumped on the bandwagon too. I mean, it was really something. And I don't know about you, but I could certainly use someone like Marie Kondo in my life, right? She's, she's small. She can get in anywhere. She can help you tidy up any space. And she's, right? And she's all about that reminder of the things that spark joy. She makes everybody go through all their stuff, each individual item, and say, does this spark joy enough for me to hold on to it or not? That would take me a long time with my shoes and purses, right? So <laughs> we need that reminder to keep those things that spark joy and that are worth holding on to in the midst of so many other things. And that includes stresses or even people in our lives that compete for our attention. Simplifying our lives will challenge us to be content with what we have and to become aware of life's blessings. When we take time to practice awareness to take time out to even notice those little things, we're able to see and embrace the love and joy that is around us. Father Richard Rohr says these words. He says, if we can truly love this, whatever this is, it becomes the gateway to everything. How we love one thing is finally how we love everything. We have to find our capacity to see, to love, to accept, to forgive, and to delight in one thing. If we can't delight in one lizard or one leaf, we are not going to delight in God. How we see is how we see. How we do anything is how we do everything. Now, I am in a season of my life right now where I feel like most of the important lessons in my life I'm learning from my five-year-old son. We like to go for nature walks and collect leaves and rocks we find outside and, of course, practice the art of focusing on that maybe that one thing that we're appreciating. One perfect acorn offered to me as a gift from him is worth more than any amount of money, right? Because he picked it out for me. And the time we spend together without distractions or the iPad or TV or staring at our devices is priceless. Our worth is not found in how much money we have or how big our house is or how we spend our money or how we have elaborate homes or vacations. Our worth is found in the contentment we have in Christ Jesus who came so that we may have life and have it in abundance. Our worth is not found in the love of money or material possessions, but in whose we are, beloved children of God. It all sounds so simple, doesn't it? Strip everything away and focus on joys and blessings and awareness of the world around us. But it's easier said than done. Day after day, we are distracted by our smartphones, by social media, by gossip, by those things that we believe will make us happy. We nitpick each other within our families, at work, and at church. Yes, even at church. We are not content with what we see happening around us, and we find ourselves focusing too much on what is not working rather than what is. We forget to stop and be thankful for the joy that we have in friendship, fellowship, and worship, being together in, in the ways that God is guiding us. And our faith offers a different way, and that is the stillness and peace that comes in the presence of God a guide who centers us on the stuff that really matters, a joy that is found in unrelenting grace, mercy, and forgiveness, a freedom from all that is oppressive and that weighs us down. 
there's a monk named Shinyo Masuno who writes a book called The Art of Simple Living. And in that book, he invites us to imagine our mind set free in the image of a Zen garden. And I have a picture of one particular one that he points out. The Rock Garden of Ryan Maji, he says, is a good example of this. This kind of garden is called a dry landscape garden because it invokes a beautiful landscape without the use of ponds or streams or any other water elements. The fact that even when there's no water present, you can still sense a mountain stream flowing. So in your mind, he says, picture a scene with a water element and allow your mind to linger there. These types of gardens are truly representations of our mind set free. So it's not always necessary to have water to convey the idea of it flowing. It is possible to eliminate everything extraneous and to create a garden using only what we have at hand. Even when there's only one of something, there are various ways to put it to use with imagination and creativity. So imagine in the course of your everyday shopping or before buying something new, giving some thought as to whether you really need it and take another look at what you already have. Acquiring lots of things isn't freedom. What's important is acquiring the mindset the mindset of using things freely. Now, the author of Hebrews invites us into an attitude of freedom. Freedom from the love of money, freedom from stuff, freedom from fear. And he uses Psalm 118 to say, The Lord is my helper and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? Now, if you go back and read all of Psalm 118, you'll see that it's a psalm of thankfulness to God for God's love and protection. And it has these words, Give thanks to the Lord because he is good, because his faithful love lasts forever. In tight circumstances, I cried out to the Lord. The Lord answered me with wide open spaces. The Lord is for me. I won't be afraid. Now, in this season of what feels a lot like scarcity, I invite you to give thanks to God because God is good and be reminded that the Lord answers us with wide open spaces. I love that. Abundant life, wide open spaces, a life of freedom and possibility. It seems to me that many of us are reeling from the isolation and fear and grief in the aftermath of the pandemic. We remember those images of bare grocery store shelves and empty restaurants. We remember feeling scared to go shopping for our family or to leave our homes. And we look around us and see that the church is just not the same as it was and people are not here that used to be here. But instead of lamenting scarcity and emptiness, we need to see opportunity and possibility we need to remember these words of Hebrews and the psalmist who calls us to remember that God provides wide open spaces and freedom from fear and isolation. And in this season of thankfulness, we are reminded of God's generosity and the call for us to be generous with our time, our gifts, and the ways that we show God's love to others. We are called to be generous with the hope and freedom that is given so freely to us in Christ Jesus. We are called to simplify our lives and focus on the love of God. It is in this simplicity that we will find peace for our souls, love enough to share, and the God-given freedom to have life and to live it abundantly. So may it be so for each one of us. Let us pray. Holy God, we come to you today with a lot on our minds, perhaps weighing heavily 
upon our shoulders. We come from all walks of life, bringing with us memories from the weeks that have passed, and perhaps concerns for the weeks ahead. We come with people on our minds that are in need of healing. We take a moment now to lift those in our hearts. We name those families and people who are grieving the loss of a loved one. We name situations that perhaps we've heard about on the news this past week. We pray for places where tragedy seems to be the norm. We pray at this moment for our nation. We pray for our community right here in Noblesville, for our schools, for our children, for our teenagers, for all of our students. We pray for our church that we would continue to be a safe haven and a light for all. And we pray, O oh God, in the midst of life's uncertainty, that we are reminded and thankful that you do answer us with wide open spaces and opportunity, freedom from fear. You offer hope and the reminder to look around and to give thanks. For all that we are, for all that we have, for all that we can be, we ask for you to fill our hearts and our lives with your spirit and that we are reminded that we are your beloved children. We thank you, O oh God, and we ask this and so much more as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
As you came in this morning, hopefully you picked up a Seeds of Hope pledge card. I'd invite you to take a moment and look at some options on there. This might look a little different than any pledge cards you may have seen in the past. Our goal is to end this year strong. So we all know that the pandemic has changed a lot of things in the ways that we think about how we give, what we give, and perhaps this year the goal is for us just to finish out strong and we can continue to offer and do ministry together here at Noblesville First. And of course, we are in need of you. You, your face, your presence, your prayers, just you being here in fellowship with us is vital to our ministries here at Noblesville. And then if you want information about how to set up electronic donations or the tax advantages, of course, you can check that box as well. You may take it home today, pray over it if you'd like to. Um, you also may, when you come up here in a few moments, Matt will guide us through communion. When you come up for that, you may place your pledge card in as well or bring it up with you and just pray over it as you can think about the ways you can give of yourselves to the ministries here that we might continue to be a stronghold of faith in this community right here in Noblesville. I invite you to, to discern and pray and uh, take part of our, our pledge this morning.
live in the love and the grace and the joy and the mercy. So go, have life, have it to the full. Go in peace.